Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, mate. Hey, I'm John. And, you know, this week we're going to kind of, you know, look at, you know, machine learning. You know, the the machines are, are learning what we're doing, you know, in the grand scheme of things. You know, where we're getting kind of into the world of where your machines are doing, where your software and servers and stuff like that is preparing your preventive maintenance for you if you're looking at the OT side. Or from the IT side, it's looking at your code. It's validating your code and kind of seeing that, okay, cool, I've seen this combination 15 times before. You're going to fail at line 30. You know, just, just because I've seen this, you know, so many times before. You haven't gotten any better at doing your code, so we're just going to tell you it's going to fail at line 30 for the, for the 30th time that you've written the same damn thing. Um, you know, so it's, you know, getting there. You know, it's like the machine learning stuff is, is one of those where it iterates us into the future of, of manufacturing and the future of IT, the future of drone technology, because you can use it for, you know, recognizing different tactical vehicles and stuff like that that are on the move. Um, you know, most other things. And then also we start dealing with like some of your facial recognition stuff. You know, if you really want to get into that into into that that process. But, you know, I'll turn it over to y'all. You know, when you start hearing machine learning, you know, what are you thinking? So I that's that's a great a great point to start at because if you asked me like literally twenty minutes ago if there was a huge difference between the two, you know, I would have said no. Because, you know, a lot of people view it very similarly. Um, to me, I had I needed you guys to show me the distinction. So, so Ed, do, do me a favor. Explain the, the, the difference between the two. And, and um, I, I guess I can kind of take back over and kind of explain why I thought they were kind of the, the same. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah. So, so if we start with machine learning, machine learning is uh, basically, uh, for example, when you use a linter, just just to follow up on what Nick was saying about code, the reason the linter knows uh, when you're doing something where it can autocomplete is because the linter has a predefined library that's already been uh, defined. Mm-hmm. So it knows when you type in, say, PR, yeah. that more than likely you're going to use print. Say if you're using Python and you use Tab, mm-hmm. so it's a, it's it's an efficiency tool. So they've okay. taken people that have typed in these millions of codes. Uh, for example, when you do quotes, instead of you have to hit quotes twice, it knows when you hit quote to either give me single quotes or double quotes, depending on what you do. So that's that's machine learning has has taken basically we could say like a library, mm-hmm. and then that library has been played over and over like a playbook, and machine learning has learned those tasks. AI is a little bit different. AI is a little bit, it's a higher level. AI does have to be taught, but once you teach it, it starts to learn for itself. So the algorithm starts to, um, 
not necessarily write itself, but the algorithm starts to say, oh, okay, well, we did this, so it starts to make assumptions. And then those assumptions is how it learns. Hey, did this or did this not? So if else. And then right. with those if else uh, paths, it starts to learn uh, what to do. And machine learning and deep learning is yeah. behind that. But for the most part, a human has to do the initial teaching mm-hmm. or the initial coding. So, so that's exactly what I was going to kind of just circle back to. So machine learning, uh, your computer, your, your application, whatever system is, is learning from the algorithms or the inputs from, from you, a human. Um, some user or whatever, not another computer or anything like that. The second it becomes another computer or the second it becomes itself, like it's teaching itself, that's AI. So that, that yeah. to me put made it very, very clear the line between the two because I've always kind of used them synonymously, mm-hmm. really. And I bet you a lot of people honestly have because they, they are under the same realm but different complexities. So, I mean, that makes sense to me. So, that like going back to what you're saying, that that's where I would start. And honestly, that's the bread and butter there is you just learn from there. I mean, just like a baby would, right? Yeah. And, you know, if you think about it, you know, how many of us have been using machine learning without even knowing we're using it? You know, that's the, that's the other thing. Oh. Is if you think about it, Google complete. Say, oh, when, you're, when you're using your, the search function of Google, it's auto-completing, you know, information. It's remembering... The thousand, if you look at the most searches, like Google um, uh, AdWords and stuff like that, it's going to tell you what all the searches were ever compiled. Because it takes all of that Google analytics, throws it in the database, and spits it out on the other end. And that's that's the key. Yeah. The, the, the databases are actually the thing that's in the background with the deep learning. Yeah. Those, those are databases that are being accessed. So you need mm-hmm. to save, you need all of your data points in order for this machine to continue learning. Right. Or... You need to clear up enough space for this machine, if it's learning on its own, to be able to adjust. Right. It's like if you if you talk if you think there and you know, use a system called TinyML, and you hook TinyML up to a camera, and that camera takes a picture or something. It, it's gonna it's gonna take that picture, you know, turn it into a two D image. It's gonna it's gonna send it through its database of all the different images it found, and eventually spit you back at a match. You know that's where it comes from. It's like for instance, if you take a you know a drone footage and you tie it to TinyML. And you fly it over, for instance, for instance, right now Ukraine, and you take a picture of a you know a Russian fighting position, um, or in any other war, anybody else's fighting position. Right now, it's just easier to pick Ukraine. You know, we take a picture of that. It's going to tell us exactly what what vehicle that is, because some software has had more and more images compiled into it, that gives you a bigger data set that finally narrows it down. And says, okay, cool. I think this is a T seventy two. Or this is a T-82. Or, hey, I haven't seen this before. You know, I don't know what this is. Or this is an Icelander freaking missile system. You know, I know what this is. And then the thing is, is once it figures that out, it can tie that to an impact range. It can tell you just how much damage that's going to do. It's like you can take also, you know, machine learning and tie it into, like, the explosive ordnance disposal, you know, type of world where you're starting to deal with explosives. You know, you start dealing with that type of stuff, and you start turning it into, okay, cool, I have this 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 explosive, what is my blast range? And it automatically spits out your blast range, shows you a map, you know, via GPS, there you go. You know, that's really not in use yet, but, you know, something out there, it's available, you take a picture of the barcode, it searches what it's looking for, and out it comes. Um, you know, if you're dealing with, like, HME, homemade explosive, eh, you don't have that option anymore. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, following up on it, we were talking about AI, 
AI or, or machine learning. Mm-hmm. We would say machine learning. Yeah. Um, AI still is really in its infancy, but the concept yeah. is is a the lot concept there. Yeah. Uh, but machine learning, we can go all back to uh, auto auto correct. Yep. And uh, word. Uh, yeah. Or on your cell phone when it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Like oh, spell checker. All spell yeah. checker. Spell checker. Yeah. Um, and then Quillbot. Yeah. Quillbot yeah, is a uh, application that you can use on the web that you type in your uh, information. It does it does a grammar check, so it'll mm-hmm. check for punctuation and other things and point out the errors. And right. you can correct those errors. Then you take that and say, well, hey, I want to summarize. Well, I want to paraphrase this, and it'll paraphrase. Right. Based on uh, a couple of uh, pre-defined uh, sentences. Mm-hmm. And then you can go in and even click on certain words and say, well, I don't want this word. I want that word. Right. So, I mean, th- these are things that are doing machine learning, like you're saying. Weather stations at home are yeah. using machine learning. Most of them are. Uh, smart watches are using machine mm-hmm. learning. Uh, Google yeah. Lens, when you're taking pictures. Google Lens. Of, of, ma- of, you know, of stuff like that. You know, that. So you can translate Google Translate when you're taking pictures yep. of, of menus and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's using a onboard machine learning algorithm. Yep. That kind of tells you what's going on. I just wish for us, you know, um, happier people. They would tell us what the calorie count is of the food that we're trying to eat. Yeah. You know. We'll get there. We haven't got there yet. It's possible. <laughs> it is possible. It, um, and, and also. I bet your Weight Watchers is working on it. You, you Probably. talk about the, uh, the machine learning. What about the machine learning on vehicles? Oh, yeah. As far as the sonar systems that they yeah, have now that yeah. can kind of calculate the distance between another car mm-hmm. and figure out, hey, this is the best route to go if something cuts you off or a person come in front of you, now the car stops. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, uh, when like you're talking about self-driving GPS, stuff. Oh, yeah, self-driving or, like, um, like my app, I use Waze when I, like, navigate. It'll t- it'll update me with, with uh, yeah, more than I should, whatever. Um, <laughs> it'll update me with, with um, you know, traffic patterns. And that those are inputs from other users that are using it. So they're like, hey, man, I, I've been on this road for a while. They're like... Yeah, this other this other user's using it for a while. He's not moving. He's not moving very fast. Are you in a slowdown? And based on what your input is, it'll update the traffic, reroute you, or just tell you this is still probably the best route. Yeah, uh, you're still stuck in traffic. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, my sorry, bad. man. You gotta tough this one out. <laughs> but no, but still, it's 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 learning. And and I bet you most people. Back to your question is is how many times you use it. I bet you everybody uses it almost yeah. every single day. It's a guarantee. Guaranteed. Um, now there's you're, you're you're absolutely right. AI is in its infancy, and we can probably spend a whole episode just talking about AI, um, just explaining what the difference was. Though you've 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 taught me that I've so I've been using something called Mid Journey, which just creates like artwork based on your prompts, and and you just taught me that it's my prompts. I have to put these things in. Now the computer probably uses like a baby version of AI because it's mm-hmm. trying to formulate whatever your word means in 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 a, in a picture or a visual sense. But yeah, I think it's dope, and I think that like we should use it pretty much right. almost in everything. So yeah. So to, to go back to what you're saying with machine learning. Think about it. I have a furnace. Yeah. I have to put the coal in the furnace. But once I put the coal in the furnace and it, it, it ignites, then the flame itself does the work. Yeah. It's the same thing with the, the, the AI. Once the initial uh, inputs are put in from humans or coding from humans, mm-hmm. then the AI starts to learn. The AI says, well, you know what? This person said sunflower, and this person said sun and flower. 
oh, okay, so did he mean flower or did he mean sunflower? Mm -hmm. So now the machine starts to distinguish between what the input was. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, okay, so maybe because I got a hundred of these inputs that were just sunflower, they want something based off of sunflower with something. Right. Or maybe it means the pieces of that word, the sun yeah. and a flower. So I want a combination of some, an image of a sun yeah. and an image of a flower. And, and it takes into account, you know, localization, you know, localization issues, you know, where some uh, words and, you know, phrases are not said the same exact way. Correct. You know, you got, you know, some countries where it's a noun before the verb, a verb before the noun. You never know what you're going to get, you know. Oh, or the word doesn't exist. Right, Exactly. You know, and yeah. that's that, that's the type of stuff, you know, you're dealing with. It's like, I can't. What? You know, it's, uh, okay, well, let's figure this out so we know what they're saying. You know, so you get, you know, I have a cat. You know, it, it, can, it, it does that, that translation for you. And if you ever used a, like, social media, for instance, and one of your friends writes in a foreign language. Well, Google does it a lot. You know, yeah. love you all, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, you have to translate stuff. <laughs> So, you know, or you have to figure out how to read it yourself, which that's usually what I do. But, you know, or you get sent a document and you get said, hey, can you read this for me? <laughs> Great. Translate. Yeah. You know, because it's the only thing you got, you know, at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is some of that, sometimes the language doesn't really match up. You know, you I've dealt with a lot of countries where the language just doesn't match up to what you're trying to tell me here. Yeah. You know, but especially if you do like a translate, you're like, ooh, that's not right. Yeah, it's just for us, <laughs> words mean different things too. Yeah, like, right. they can be synonyms, but have very different weight, like necessary and required. Yeah. Like, both of them to me would mean that you need this. Yeah. But if you said required, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make it without this. You said necessary, I could probably squeeze this one well, it's also, <laughs> if you, also, if you think about it, you know, some cultures out there, you know, they write right to left, left to right. Yeah, that's true. You know. Listen, I'm learning German and so, it's a struggle. You know, like for example, you know, um in Middle Eastern countries, you know, Afghanistan, Iran, Pakistan and stuff like that, a lot of writing goes the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it but it's right for them, wrong for us. But so that really so when you use a mission we use a, a US based um um translator it kind of flip-flops some things. Mm -hmm. you got to take into account that, okay, cool, this might be a little wrong. You know, but, you know, I've, I've, had, I've had friends who, you know, they're from, you know, Afghanistan, you know, Pakistan, that, those, that part of the world. And they've looked at some of the translations and said, no, that's actually pretty accurate. It's actually, it does pretty well. Oh, okay. You never really thought that, you know, you'd see Pashto or Dari or, you know, any of those other languages being translated by a Google machine. Mm-hmm. That you know that spits out the languages at the other end for you. And and mind you, if you I'm try wrong. to learn that, if you if you're really good at learning Pashto or Dari, you I, I, I I give you props on that. <laughs> I try. I, I've learned it a long time ago, and I still have problems with it. There's probably a lot of um, a lot of examples going through there. So like, it's just the best the best place. And honestly, if we as you know humans work out uh, the best trans translator for everything, like I think. That would be pretty amazing in and of itself. Well, if so. you have you ever seen, you know, this is going to go down this rabbit hole, and I knew that we were heading this direction. Yeah. When I started talking about translators, it's the earbud translators. Have you seen this? Like you would wear an earbud, and I'd wear oh. an earbud, but I would talk to you in German, you'd hear it in English. That's cool. Or you wow. could talk, or you and you could talk to me in French, and I'd hear it in German. It yeah. just depends on what you have your phone set yeah, up I've, to. I've seen a. a Telecom system like that. Yeah, that's, now they have the ones that you wear the earbuds in both ears. Yeah, and yeah. you can walk through stores and you can have conversation with people. Yeah, 
You know, it yeah. is it always accurate? Who knows? But the thing is, is that's portable machine learning yeah. that you're wearing in your ears at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a rabbit hole. I want one, but it's once once I heard that's the whole reason that I don't like marshmallow earbuds is because you, you honestly should be aware of your surroundings almost always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, am I gonna get hit by a car? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, now the option is more likely if you're walking across the road, but you can still get hit by a car off of road, so you should kind of right. be paying attention. Yeah, put on the country you're in. Yeah, right. That's true. So I, I'm just saying, I think I think that's 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 a good use of it, but we um. We struggle a little bit, but yeah. I, I'd, I'd say this sensory so issues. Just yeah. just to follow up on that, and then to, to move on to a, a different perspective. Um, if if we're able to take that technology and translate, then we should be able to use geolocation or GPS and yeah. uh, have some kind of uh, system set up, sonar or whatever, to say hey, or if you want to say spidey senses, so that they know that hey, you're about to walk across the road. I'm cutting it off. Yeah, and when we get on the other side of the road, I'm cutting it back off. Right. Uh, but uh, the the other perspective I want to talk about was spam filters. Oh yeah. So spam filters are now using uh, machine learning. I mean, it's it's not the best because yeah. because the the uh, work on the threat the threat actors are you know mm-hmm. using the same technology too and trying to pivot and leverage you know with these yeah, things. But we we also have next gen uh, routers and switches. Mm-hmm. You know, which you know can uh, automatically route information into a sinkhole, right? So that you can do uh, analysis on that and uh, understand what the threat actor is trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's like if you, if you think about it, you know, you got machine learning now that is you know on board. You know, like for example, um, um, uh, you know the like Mars rovers and onboard satellites, you know, circling the moon. You know, looking for landing sites for the next Artemis generation. All of the all of the telescopes we have. Right. You know, it's like we just oh, entered yeah. the Artemis generation. You know, we 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 entered a long time ago when we sent you know Artemis up on you know on its on its main test flight. But now that we've launched Artemis, Artemis is now outside the outside the solar outside the circumference of the Earth and has you know passed around the moon. We've seen some really good pictures coming back from that though. Mm-hmm. Um, some outstanding pictures. But the thing is, is they're having to use machine learning on the um, um, the explorers and stuff like that that are out there right now, on the satellites that are taking pictures of the moon trying to figure out where to land. You know, is this right size? Is this the right size based on this geometry that I'm given? You know, it can automatically tell you, you know, can you land on the dark side of the moon? Can you land on the, on the front side of the moon? Can you land, where, where, where can you actually put down at? You know, if you think about it, we're using machine learning in so many different ways. Like you said, the telescopes. You know, we're using um, you know onboard James Webb. Yeah. You know, we have we have um, we have them on there. That says, okay, cool. I need to fire this this rotation just a little bit to get in line with where I'm going. Um, you know, maybe I need to pull away a little bit because yeah. I'm too I'm I'm in the sun a little bit too much. I'm going to start cooking things. You know, bad things happen. You know, and it does it all on its own. Yeah, they definitely got those like pictures and those like areas because they've got to focus all of those mirrors. Um, it, they need something piloting it, and those minute changes like that just makes sense to be in with used with machine learning. Otherwise, you can't focus enough light to get the proper proper pictures. So, yeah, machine learning is going to be definitely at the forefront, the bleeding edge of technology. Um, in we, we can kind of bring it down to earth 
um, like machine learning, and I, I know we haven't brought up 3D printing in a while. Machine learning and 3D printing is, is probably already begun in the most parts. Right? Yes. So I, for me, I think I would also like to see some, th- some growth in, in machine learning as far as uh, auto corrections on some, some like maybe flow rate or, yeah. or uh, printing issues. Well, that would be pretty cool. Speaking of that, you and me both run Clipper. Yeah, you and yeah, me yeah. both run the firmware subset Clipper. Yeah. However, we can also tie into a machine learning based system off of the webcams that we use to monitor our systems. That'll tell you if you're getting oh, spaghetti right. detection. Yeah, you talked. About, we talked about this. I so, remember this. Yeah. So you're getting spaghetti detection, and it has to learn it. So pretty much, like it has to know that hey, you screwed up this print like five or six times. So now, hey, guess what? Now I think you. We. Well, I think I found your spaghetti, or it mm-hmm. uses this what the what spaghetti looked like or failed print looks like from other users to determine, okay, cool, that's a failed print. Analyze Oops. thousands of hours of spaghetti. Yeah, <laughs> thousands of hours of failed prints. <laughs> yeah. Failed prints, Right? Yeah. It's thousands of hours of the new guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's just, you know, really just, or me. Um, believe me, I, I, I got back to Yeah, I won't say you're a new guy yet. But, but still, I mean, but I, 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 we, got, we still got a new guy. But I understand yeah. what he means by the machine learning. <laughs> exactly. The, the machine learning is the same thing when we first went from mechanical uh, typewriters mm-hmm. and we went to electronic typewriters. Yeah. And it knew how it, it tapped itself back when you got to a certain point. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, what Champ is alluding to is that, okay, it's great that I have this camera that's getting all this, these images. Yeah. And, and imaging is, is funny because it takes up a lot of yeah. space yeah. Um, quickly. Yeah. Especially if you do any type of moderate resolution. Yeah. yeah. High resolution, good luck. Yeah, uh, anything over like 1080p and you're yeah. screwed. Better but, be a short video. But um, imagine if a motor that's driving, you know, say a stepper motor or a servos or whatever yeah. whatever you want to use was able to uh, <laughs> have that type of learning where it knew, hey, this belt's slipping. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, you know, this here's a tricky um, print and uh, I only got so much uh, direction X, Y, and Z. Yeah. yeah, it's only so much I can do with the resolution I have. Yeah, uh, and then it, you can also look at like temperature, you know, PID. The, the PID could start to yeah. become machine learning, and then you could, you know, hey, this material over time, you know, is this, and this type of heating bed and element over time. At this rate, mm-hmm. say three to six months, if I'm running at this temperature, ABS temperature, yeah, then I will have some type of deflection in that bed. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And you know, the thing is, is that kind of takes us into you know from a, a 3D printing thing, and you're talking about the servos and stuff like that that we're getting feedback from, is more or less moving into a more industrial manufacturing, an industrial standpoint of where we are getting that that fault data, you know, sent over MQTT for certain things that you know then we can take. Like other ty- other systems, ty- you know, not really tiny ML, but like Python and stuff like that, we can read through that data, and or Kibana, for instance, because Kibana has their own machine learning system mm-hmm. built into it. Mm-hmm. You just feed the beast, and the beast tells you what's going on on the other end. It's but, however, it's like if you think about it, if we can get more and more advanced sensors on board these these drives, like you know, not really calling out any you know vendors, but I know Linza has one that has that ability on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, their ability to tell us, you know, kind of what's going on. I'm overheating. Okay, cool. Why are you overheating? Okay. Well, I'm overheating when I'm producing, when I'm doing this process. Mm-hmm. Or when I have this voltage applied to me. So or I'm breaking like this. So it's yeah. kind of telling, so it's giving you preventative maintenance that, okay, cool. 
Now I know if I'm inside this area, I need to tune that throttle down a little bit because for some for some certain reason, my belts are pulling too tight and it's overheating my motors. Mm. Or, I, or I didn't size the the drive and right. the motor and that size appropriately. Right, and, well, it, kinda, and it kind of tells you kind of yeah. what's going on. Yeah. You know, it, it, for, for the maintenance guys, it's yeah. a game changer. Well, you know, it's saves what, so much time. what is it? Thirty? What is it from your from from a maintenance engineering standpoint? If you knew, and you had in your you know thirty plus years of experience with this stuff, if you had, you know, that machine learning ability on the equipment that we have now, and the equipment back then, how easier would that make your job when you know you had to replace something? Uh, you would be a lot easier because then you would be more uh, you. So you would be proactive in how you would do things. Mm -hmm. So you would know that so many cycles, because it would get down to a cycle count. Yeah. Or it would get down to um, this this vehicle weighs this amount of tons compared to this vehicle. Mm -hmm. Or this vehicle has a length of this compared to this vehicle. Or um, we've increased the tack, and by increasing the tack, we've added more uh, load. Or we've added more stress to the to the motor and the drive. I can see that. But you would know that ahead of time. You mm -hmm. you would kind of be able to proactively. You you would be able, you would actually be able to predict instead of being preventive. It would mm -hmm. be predictive maintenance. You would be able to say, I know that if we keep running this motor this way, for these amount of hours, this motor will fail here. Instead of being reactive. And if I can't because of production limitations, because the business must run, then we can at least plan the failure. So it could be a planned failure. Mm -hmm. Have everything ready in place, and then it'll be just a swap. It, it'll be like NASCAR. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We just that. swap tires out, swap the motor out, drive out, go. Yeah. But you could have everything prepared because you know that this device is in a critical uh, point. Or you would say, okay, here, here's what we can do. This device is struggling. How about if we install another device in tandem with this, and then we'll run this at a duty cycle of this, and this at a duty cycle of this, maybe cut the duty cycle in half or both, mm -hmm. and then you reduce the strain until you can replace that device. So there's some things like that you can do so engineers would have an opportunity to, uh, to use those tools to, to start to be more flexible. Yeah. And, and with cloud-based uh, computing now, you know, whether you like Azure or whether you like AWS, those things are also using machine learning. Because yeah. if you think about it, and this is just going to just going to take this topic and kind of just, you know, bombard it real quick. If you have a single company, okay? And you take all of this data, all of your drive data, all of your robot data, all your plant data from every single plant you got, yep. it's all going to be the same language. Throw it into a pool someplace. And you feed off of that pool is one big giant maintenance system. So based on historian. Right, like historian. But every single plant's responding back, so yeah. everybody sees what everybody else is happening. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you have a plant that's been running at their same location for 80, 90 years, you know, you have the experience of their guys that are inputting data into these machines. You know, it's cool. Okay, cool. I'm seeing all this. So what you do to repair this? Well, this. Okay, cool. You know, now now you have 80 plus years of experience, 90 plus years of experience. These guys retire, and guess what? Now you still have their experience in their hands. Yeah. But if you take all that data from all these drives, it says, okay, cool. I know that this drive at plant A, B, C, and D is going to fail on this day. 
you know, I understand that this robot at this plant's going to fail this day, and this grouper's going to fail this day. So let me go ahead and up my production volume at this plant for that one day to cover for that downtime. Yeah. And that's center of trust is what you're talking about. Right. So a center of trust, basically what they can do, not only does that data go to to the uh, manufacturers mm-hmm. that's producing or the OEM that's producing something, yeah. I can take this all the way back to the supplier, to the supplier and say, hey, here's what we're seeing. Right. And, so, and the supplier in real time yeah, like can, make changes. can get rid of the design flaw. Yep. So if you found a bug, that bug could be eliminated you know, on the fly. Yeah. If you think about it, there is actually a company, to what I've re- I read the other day, that is going to be building their satellite and space like craft manufacturing facility at the launch and landing site on board Kennedy Space Center. It's going to be at the landings on the landing strip and stuff like that or over by it. However, this entire organization is going to be run by no no other than AI and machine learning. Your entire system, the entire plant is going to be run by that. That's how they're going to determine what their volume is going to be. The temp on what their daily volume is going to be. It's going to tell you what they want to do. It's also going to assist with their maintenance components and stuff like that. It's going to know in real time what's going on. You know, as plants grow and we get out of, I guess you could say, out of the automotive world, you know, we start getting that, you know, that, that, that trust fall system that we've got. You know, it would be nice to see it show up in the automotive world. It's just going to take a couple decades, you know, because for some certain reason, all automotive OEMs do, do not like using technology that's somewhat current. Unless you are some more startup-based yeah. automotive manufacturers be who have through. been, who have actually, you know, embraced the technology. You can say more of the traditional guys mm-hmm. aren't going to go that route unless they have to. Um, more of your startup guys are going to go to that, you know, like machine learning inside inside cameras over the line yeah. that tells you if you missed a weld or something like that. I can <clears throat> I can see everything that's going on because those guys want to be competitive, right? But but this is not new technology. <laughs> the oil company right. have been using it for more than twenty years, and it's called down the whole data. Right, and they've been measuring pressures and and uh, the current and all that type of thing when they're drilling, you know, these holes for the oil industry. So it's matter of fact, they they were the ones that embraced the MQTT. Yep, they came up with it. Yeah, 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 yeah and that's just yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's that's where the uh, the down the whole data is what they use, and that's how they predict how long a drill uh, can drill before it breaks, or before you have to replace the the tips on it, or, or uh, things like that. The pressures in the hydraulic lines and stuff like that, the cooling temperatures. They're monitoring all this stuff. Yeah. Imagine if automotive companies had started this 20 years ago. Right. And the thing is, if you think about it, they used to send all that stuff up through, through, yeah, the, through satellites <laughs> and stuff like though. that yeah. and bring it right back down. They can take a look at it that way yep. in other parts of the world. Yeah. So you have you know control rooms for these you know drilling rigs, stuff like that. They don't have to be co-located with their locations anymore. Yep. You know, and that's 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 the MQTT side of it, but it's also the side that, you know, you have some of this machine learning stuff that's actually doing it for you and kind of seeing what's going on and, you know, can adjust those pressures and tell you, hey, guess what? You're you're a little you're about two bar too high here. Yep. You know, let, let's let, let's tone let's tone this back a little bit. You know, okay, cool, I see you're making more progress. Let's go up a little bit on on your on your on your on your pressure and on your you know your your coolant lines. Probably gonna end up saving money too. Yeah, if you think about it. Yeah. But that, there you go. If you think about it, machine learning can save you money. How yeah. much money could you save if you can prevent ninety-five percent of the problems you're going to have? It's like you were saying with the with the, the um, uh, machine learning and in three D printers. 
how much money can you save if you knew that that was going to screw up yeah. when in filament? How much time can you save? Right. Just period. Well, time is money, money is time. Yeah, so if you compound those two, it's, you know, invaluable. Like, there's no there's no number I can place on how much I would need that. So you, If you save two or three spools a year. It, it, it'll pay for itself. And not only that, it's continuously building its own value, but every time it tries, every time it saves you. Right. So, I mean, that's, uh, I don't see the point of not using it. Right? So, I mean, that's that probably goes like mo- twofold, tenfold for every other, you know, industry. You, you've got all these sensors already. Mm-hmm. You've got sensors that are just, you know, they're they're saving this data for what, like a day, two day, a year, mm-hmm. and then throwing it away, not doing anything with it. There, there's your machine learning data endpoints, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. entry points. So, it's it, it is it's not easy to, to 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 do, but it's I mean, I think it's something that most automakers need to embrace. Otherwise, they're not going to continue to increase production. Yeah. So, especially with everything going into the, the you know the EV wave. Or, or the um, let's say carbon neutral <laughs> wave. Mm-hmm. If they don't, if they don't adjust, they'll start slowly dying. Yeah. yeah. So, well, like you were saying, like the it the, the sensors are there, but you also can use conventional sensor with smart I/O devices. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then that can be leveraged with MQT, and then you use unified namespace. And like Nick said, hey, I only subscribe to this topic. I don't yep. care about nothing but. Mm-hmm. Am I less than or greater than? If not, I don't care. I only, I'm only doing it. I only want that information when those parameters are in effect. Yeah, and it's like if you think about it. I watched something the other day, you know, on YouTube, you know, about the new um, Rivian Amazon delivery vans. You know, they have in their head units, they have machine learning ongoing, telling you kind of what's going on per vehicle. It's already doing all that data for you. Mm-hmm. It, it does using AWS, of course. Like telling you where the other vehicles are, or yeah. telling you, Tell, and also telling you if you can fit in a parking space. So is it is it whenever they're like trying to tell you and they're tracking, they're like, hey, you are ten stops away. Yep. That's them trying to get you involved in that as well. I right, and that, the thing yeah. is, that's going straight off their vehicle. Yeah. So, and the the thing is, if you think about it, you know, they also have the overhead camera that would look at that, looks at the vehicle, and tells you if you can fit in the spot or not. Yeah. It says, nope, you can't fit there. Too fat. Try again. You know, and you can you know, go down the way, and you finally find a place to park. Or this is an unsafe parking area. You know, it, the, the, the machine knows it, and it's telling you kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. However, those machine, the, 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 the head are de- and the cameras are designed to learn as you do your round. And then as everybody r- drives that route day in, day out, day in, day out, it's always a different driver, they kind of learn what that city's about. You know, if you think about it, if you really got bored, you upload a freaking thing from, you know, Google Maps, you know, and up it comes, and guess what? Now you got the entire city in your hands because you've got Street View. Yep. You know, uh, it's just a little little different yep. if you want to read it that way. And that was human data that was gathered to where it learned that, hey, these are the things in, co- in conjunction with GPS coordinates. Yep. So data with data. Yeah. And it also, mm-hmm. you know, and the thing is, is I was also re- watching the fact that it knows how, like, it knows based from your phone, because your phone syncs to the head unit, you know how many stomps you have left. And however, and the, so the vehicle knows based on rate of travel, the amount of delivery stops it has, historical data and knowledge, how long it's going to take that driver to get you your package from point A to point B to point C, and it tells them how long it takes to take that yeah. route. 
Think about if they give that to freaking FedEx and UPS. We'd be we'd stop waiting until freaking nine p.m. at night for someone to show up. Well, you talk about the phone. Right. What, what about gestures? When you can do a few gestures on a touchpad and then it interprets that as a string of uh, of uh, letters. Yeah. I mean, it, this is these are things that's that's on the phone already. So, like, of course, the phone is basically another PC. You, you're carrying around a mobile PC. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's other functionality there, but basically it's a mobile PC. Uh, but, like, t- t- just to go back to, just for a second, back to the 3D printer, mm-hmm. the thing with the 3D printer, okay, so you have a camera that can take the images. But how about if you were able to cross-reference those images to whatever data that's on the on that electronic board? Mm-hmm. That, that information is there. Mm-hmm. If you're able to cross-reference those two things together to make a correlation between why I got spaghetti and what was going on, speed, current, heat, all those things, and then, oh, okay, this is what this picture means. Mm-hmm. It's not just spaghetti monster. <laughs> you was going to do yeah. this anyway. Yeah. Wrong speed, what, wrong temperature. What setting? Mm-hmm. Lack of adhesion. Yeah. Tells you, like, maybe a root <laughs> cause. That'd be nice. Yeah, that yeah. would be really nice. I'm going to be honest. Especially yeah. for yeah. a learner. Yeah. Somebody that's yeah. learned. A new, a new person, that's... Yeah. That would be perfect for a new person. Yeah, your bed's twisted like it's like, like a you know a, a pretzel, you know. Yep. It's it, it's not even. You know, I'll tell you one thing. Ever since I went to this new, um, uh, Clipper, me. you know, system, it tells me kind of what my 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 bed level looks like. You know, little by little. So it kind of tells you, okay, cool. Hey, dummy, if you did this, if you clicked on these things and you twisted the knob a little bit this way and a little bit that way, it'll tell you. You know, it'll it'll, it'll, it'll how you get back. <laughs> right. This is how you get back to normal. Yeah. This can have you back to zero, you know. Yeah. So it kind of tells you what's going on, you know. So you got it a little bit in the firmware, you know, that's running off of a Raspberry Pi, mm-hmm. but it's not where it, it can be. I think you can definitely see more if you, la- if you leverage <laughs> secondary systems on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, a lot of it, like with, when you're talking to machine learning, some you have to have that initial. Somebody initially has to take the coal and put it in the fireplace. Yeah. Or put it in the in the in the, yeah. in the stove, yeah. so that the flames can consume the coal. So you have to have data first. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it has to it has to be scrubbed. It can't just be data. It's got to be scrubbed and sanitized. Right. And then that that data has to be vetted. And then once it's vetted, then we know we got an actual data point that we can trust. Yep. And then you then you got to do some analysis, you know, use heat maps and things like that to understand what you're looking at, and and why the data looks the way. It, why does this data look this way? You know, so I mean, it, analytics will come into it a little bit. Yeah. Well, analytics right. come to a lot. Yeah, advanced yeah. analytics. You start dealing with yeah. Yeah. machine learning to advanced yeah. analytics, yeah. Yeah. and then you start getting your KPIs that pop up on you know display boards and stuff like that, and it's proven data at that point. Yeah. It's not you know. Where it's a you know a wild guess because yeah. you know some of the advanced analytics stuff out there right now is I you know I fear it's a big wild guess it's a swag you know single wild mm, guess mm-hmm. you know eventually you'll you know you view it all the time and you throw it up on a board and say oh look I think we're here but there's you know, a reason that a broken clock is right twice a day yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and like throwing darts at a dartboard yep even right. even the guys and that the are, that are, the wall. are, yeah. are superior. At that, that were not always superior. They yeah. were they were off target a lot before right. they dialed it in. 
So this this technology has to be dialed in. And the thing is, is you know, if you take that and you actually sit there and you you know compound systems on top of systems, so machine learning on top of advanced on advanced analytics and stuff like that, and vice versa, you send you, you know your advanced analytics can help breed the machine learning aspect. The machine learning aspect can help breed the freaking the advanced analytics standpoint. You know, there's people out there that just run advanced analytics stacks. Right, you, you don't add anything to it. So if you don't add anything to it, guess what? It's gonna be wrong ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Eventually, you might get right, and you're trusting you know nasty salty data that doesn't make any sense. You know, you never know what you're gonna get at the end of it. But you know, that's just how systems can help systems you know correlate. It's like you can use you know machine learning for like server maintenance and stuff like that to tell you if your servers are running hot, mm-hmm. to tell if you're running low on CPU. To do your virus scans for you. That tells storage. you, oh, this is, isn't right. Yeah. You know, do your storage and, you know, delete out things that aren't supposed to be there or mm-hmm. sit there and delete out things that have been there for longer than two years. Yeah, your scripts that automatically, like, go through and scrub those things, it doesn't know the files' names. It doesn't <laughs> like, care. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, that's true. It doesn't care. You know, it can do, it can, you can do it by date. Okay, I want to wipe pretty much anything from this date on. Yeah. Or this date back. You know, anything yeah. that's been in our, in our storage for, you know, 10 or more years, please delete. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is you can use machine learning to do all that for you. And that's when you start getting into, like, cool, your, um, um, uh, like, your virus scans, mm-hmm. you know, like CrowdStrike, for instance. It's built off of machine learning. It's also built off of, mm-hmm. you know, their own algorithm. Mm-hmm. And it can find a lot of things that you don't expect. Yeah. And, and, yeah. The, and the biggest the biggest thing with the machine learning is the, what the, the human... The humans have to do the fine tuning, and then once it's like I said, once the data points have been sanitized, and we, you know, uh, rationalize all the data points and make sure everything is um, legit, then the machine can start learning. So if you get if you put in garbage, you get out garbage. You have to have good data going in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, um, it makes a good point. I I don't think that. All data should be saved. <laughs> so, uh, but but you know most of that data, especially if you're in a production ind- industrial or you're trying to do some type of project, anything that kind of helps you get towards their end goal. Um, I mean, humans do it all the time when we're doing trial and error. We we call it the scientific method. Um, yeah. And it, your computer, once it starts doing those things, and it and learning from what you give it, the tests you do. I mean. I also have a different name for the scientific method, but yeah, no, that's that's not like it's not PG. <laughs> we'll just find out. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, that's it, the best way to say it. I, I'll say this about the scientific method: it works if you implement it the way it's supposed to be implemented. Right. If humans are the people that are doing these methodologies, you don't. I don't care what whatever platform yeah. you humans. <laughs> it's not the platform that's the problem. It's the human that's interfacing with the platform. So if you can't beat a video game, don't get mad at the controller. You can go buy a thousand dollar controller. If you suck at playing the game, you just suck at playing the so game. You mean I can't get mad at a fork? No. Just checking. Yeah. You know, or the or a calculator because I can't do math. I still got mad at my controller. Yeah, but it's not the control fault. No, no, I pressed that button. Yeah. No, and if you think about it now, <laughs> here's the funny part. If you Quantum think about it, if you start talking about like, <laughs> if you start thinking about AI, and this is, you know, something that we can talk about in the next episode when we talk about AI, yeah. is the fact that AI is in video games. AI knows when to play harder when you when it knows it's losing. 
Oh, yeah. And it I... knows when to play that one step harder or when it just has to figure out how to kick you square right in the crotch because it knows, that, hey, guess what? I need to slow you down a little bit. Yeah. You... <laughs> there are some games that if you cheat, it knows. It's... Well, not only does it know, it kills you instantly. Yeah, so yeah. so it's, it's a good it's it's, it's that, funny that you, you got smited because I didn't <laughs> I didn't think about this very much but you're you're absolutely right these there's lots of video games and and I mean if you're a fan of zombies Left 4 Dead was one of those games that I played a lot when I was younger they had they had an algorithm that was controlling the game it's quiet it's been quiet for how long ten minutes usually about ten minutes they make it this far uh, they've been taking some time. Here's a swarm of zombies, right? I, that's mm-hmm. exactly what it's doing. And that, I was seeing that when I was like, what, 15, yeah. 16? Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that. But it's it's definitely happening in the games now. And that's like, uh, you could even, it feels almost like, a, feels almost like a hive mind yeah. um, for, for all of the, you know, quote unquote, you know, players in the game or, or whoever the computers in the game. It's like, it's like a damn hive mind. It's look, look, at, look at Resident Evil. Yeah. Look at Final Fantasy. Yeah. You know, all of those on the newer equipment, I'm not going to say you're, you're going to see a lot of machine learning on a PS2, on a PS1 or, you know, PS2. Well, I, I think even some of the games, because remember, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not the platform. Right. It's, it's the company that made the game. Right. Because all the platform is doing is playing the information that's on, if you it's had on a disc, disc yeah. yeah. So, I it, see that. yeah, but I don't, I'm not sure which one of those PS1 games had that. Yeah. If it was Doom, you know, Doom started out doing some of that stuff too. Yeah, and I the, mean primitively, but you know, the thing is, is I, I think that you know that gives us a segue into our next episode. You know, for the AI, for the we started talking about you know AI and you know how to pretty much you know get ruined on a game, but oh, uh, it gets AI is scary. It gets it gets pretty creepy. Yeah, but yeah, you know, it's, it's I, I, cool. I I think for you know the machine learning thing, I think we hit our, our major wickets that we really wanted to touch this week. Oh yeah, you know, and I want to go back and again say you know, thank you, you know, for everybody who's listening in. You know, we're getting we're inching closer and closer and closer to that one thousand mark. I think we're at nine eighty seven now, so we're close. We're inching closer and closer and closer. And also, what I would do would start be paying attention a little bit more to what we're saying because. There could be a giveaway coming up, you know, that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, however, that's going to include the fact that she needs to be a listener on the, on the, on the podcast. You know, comment on, on, on the video that we're going to tell you to. And you also have to be a subscriber to the YouTube channel. If you're all that, you're going to win and what we're going to give away. And the thing is, is what I want to do, and this is going to kind of disagree with a bunch of people, but whatever, is every time we hit a certain amount, everybody gets entered back into that pot. So you have a chance to win again, even if you didn't win the first time. Mm. So it gives you a reason to stick around a little bit, yeah. you know. And you know we'll, we'll cover that at a, at a later date, you know, to kind of put that in the back of your head. But you know, for me, I say thank you. You know, never thought we'd do this, and never thought we'd do this. And we now now we know we can't do it without you. Um, you know, keep listening. You know, leave us a comment on the YouTube channel or something like that. Let us know what you want to hear. You know, we're gonna have a couple, you know, good videos coming on there soon. I gotta post a couple more. And then also, we have a new toy showing up in the next, you know, couple days that uh, yeah. we'll be uh, <laughs> doing some videos on and stuff like that. So, you know, and pretty much if you want to see somebody build and look like a complete idiot, building a, you know, a Voron, uh, 
you know, 2.4 uh, 350 kit, you know, come over to the YouTube channel and watch me make an idiot of myself. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll all look like an idiot during that building process. Yeah. Um, how many times can we shock ourselves in 10 minutes? Um, so, but, you know, with that, you know, I say thank you. And, you know, hope we see you here again. I'm going to turn over to the guys and you all have a good one. Yeah, so I would just like to say we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I would like to uh, also uh, thank everybody that's uh, helped the channel grow uh, as much as it has. Um, it started out as uh, Nick and myself, you know, it was like, hey, uh, we like talking about tech. You know, normally it was at lunch, and we decided, you know, hey, that might be a good idea to, uh, you know, make something, you know, with that. We brought in Champ, and Champ has uh, done a really great job, you know, contributing and uh, actually pushing and challenging us to come up with uh, new topics. Uh, but uh, I would uh, ask anybody that has uh, any questions, or um, maybe you maybe you have a 3D printer question, or maybe you want to know something about slicers, or maybe you want to know something just about electronics and in, in general. Uh, Leave a leave us a message and uh, we'll we'll respond to all your questions. Yeah, I, I also want to echo these guys. Oh, very appreciative. Um, couldn't do anything without the support, you know. And it's nice hearing, um, uh, or nice having people to listen to me. Um, honestly, we 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 talk back and forth all day about all this tech and and if we, if we can use it as a platform to kind of get anybody else, um, you know, fix their help fix their problem they're having, you know, work, work through a project they have or, or learn something new, um, I'm, I'm all for it. So, I mean, that's the reason why I was here helping, you know, these kind of, these two bozos put together some printers. <laughs> and I'll be here probably for a while longer trying to try with that Voron as well. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll it's see. Be an adventure. We'll see. So, w once again, I appreciate it, guys, and uh, stay tuned for the next one. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Tech at Lunch podcast where we hope you learned something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.